Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Overtime Open Line is brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center, Reed, Reed Wilkins, Wilkins on, on Oilers, Oilers Radio. Radio. 6.30 chair. Bounces a couple of times, and then he chipped it ahead for McDavid, who flies in right-hand side. Back door, one-timer, what a save made by Smith. How did he stop that shot against Ryan Nugent Hopkins? One of the best saves we've seen all year. Who is that masked man? Mike Smith, brilliant tonight for the Calgary Flames. One save better than Cam Talbot, who also had a very good night in the Oilers net, and it is one Nothing. The Calgary Flames getting by the Edmonton Oilers, snapping a seven-game losing streak in the Battle of Alberta. Thanks a lot for joining us tonight. It is 9.51, along with our Inside the Game analyst, Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins, Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. Johnny Goudreau, the only goal of the game, 5.18 into the second period, his 22nd of the year. He was alone in front, put a backhand over Talbot's shoulder right under the crossbar for the only goal of the game. Other opportunities that looked like they were going to be goals. We'll talk about some of the saves as we move along tonight. Uh, Smith robbing Nugent Hopkins. That was our save of the game right off the top for Arcan Trailer and RV Center, Alberta's favorite RV dealership, now carrying motorhomes. McDavid had a chance on the same shift cutting in. Flames had a couple opportunities after that to extend it to 2-0. Talbot coming up big against Hamilton and Brody, and then the Oilers with a late power play, and they can't pull even. So... That's the latest installment of the Battle of Alberta. Just also of a note here, just breaking news to tell you about, and we will have a news and weather update coming up at the top of the hour. The uh, great Professor Stephen Hawking has passed away at the age of 76. All right, Rob. Well, that turned into a pretty entertaining game. I mean, we've seen some Oilers games with uh, lots of goals, late comebacks, unpredictable results. This one was all about the goaltending. It it was. It was all about Mike Smith in, in this hockey game. I thought Cam Talbot played well early, uh, made a couple big saves when the Calgary Flames tried to, extend, tried to extend the lead, but he became a spectator for most of the third period as it was all Oilers and the Calgary Flames were just holding on. Uh, when you're a team that has struggled as of late, especially on home ice, when you're a team that is desperate for, for points in the standings to try and claw back into the playoff race, uh, you the stress gets to you. And it certainly got to the Flames. And they're not a confident team yet because of where they've been as of late. And they just held on for dear life. And they held on on the back of Mike Smith. And he was excellent. I mean, he was as good as we've seen a goaltender play against the Edmonton Oilers this year. A couple huge saves. A couple ones you would not expect. The two-on-one with Nugent Hopkins going back door. Uh, not, R&H got good wood on that one. Didn't get it up as high as he wanted, but that's a hard play to make. But he got good wood on it. Smith gets across. Uh, he was excellent. And, and and I said to Bob at the end of the game, this was a, a, a contest that came down to McDavid versus Smith. And it's one that McDavid rarely loses. But Smith was that good tonight. 
and a problem for the Oilers that we've seen a lot this season, and that is if it's not Nugent Hopkins, Dreisaitl, or McDavid, too often this year, that's been it. If it's not one of those three guys, you, you don't really expect someone else to store, score, and most of the scoring opportunities were a result of plays made by those guys or shots by one of those guys. Yeah, and the problem that you have with... Uh when you, you, load, you give Nugent Hopkins to McDavid, they're going to create stuff they did. The problem for Leon, Leon is is a passer. He's a playmaker. And tonight he's played on, uh, on one side. He had Lucic who, Lucic, who has one goal in his last 36 games, and he's got Camilleri on the other side who's got zero goals in his last since Christmas. So he's got two guys that are, are, don, are on his wings that haven't scored forever. And so he's trying to create, and, and they're not getting the puck where they need it to be, and they're not putting the puck in the net. McDavid's capable of playing by himself because he, he creates things on his own. Dreisaitl can make other players better, but other players also got to capitalize when he makes it. And as you just said, if, if Dreisaitl, if McDavid, or if Nugent Hopkins don't have the puck on their stick, there's not a lot of confidence that they're going to score a goal, and we saw that. There was there were shifts when McDavid was out it was electrified, and there was plays that Dreisaitl make that were perfect. But other than that, they were not creating a whole lot of chances for the Oilers. And the Calgary Flames, they realized that they, they just they just had five guys waiting for McDavid to come, and he still beat them. But they were just waiting to try and stop him. And fortunately for the Calgary Flame fans tonight, they were able to do that. Connor McDavid, the fourth star of the game for Missioner Allen Auctioneering. Check out maauctions.com for industrial and automotive sale dates. The three stars picked by Kelly Rudy, who's going to join me on Inside Sports on Thursday. Mike Smith, Cam Talbot, and Michael Backlund picked as the third star. All right, 780-496-0063. Logan will be our first caller in a couple of minutes. But first, back to Cowtown. Here's Ryan Nugent Hopkins. He made a really good save, came over quick, and... Unfortunately, you couldn't put it in. You mentioned it. I mean, good goaltender battle, but you have to like the way your team pushed in that third period. I mean, yeah, we came out hard. Uh, we played pretty well through the, the whole game, but third period we uh, didn't start the best. But um, as uh, uh, the last 10 minutes came, uh, we started to push a lot more, get some chances, and it uh, looked pretty good. Thanks for this. Yeah, thanks. It's pretty unorthodox. Eh? He kind of dives all over the place. Is it tough for a shooter? Um, he's a big guy. He's a big guy, so he takes a lot of the net and pretty athletic. So uh, you have a guy like that is athletic and and big is tough to beat when they're on and um, obviously it was on tonight hindsight you know obviously you like to put it under the under the crossbar with your chance but you're pretty tight to the net too you can't yeah I couldn't see it for a second too so um, I mean he he makes those passes right on your tape that you don't really have to see it but um, still I lost it for half a second and probably that uh, um, Maybe put it a little lower, but I still I tried to get as much as wood, wood as I could on it. Just wanted to get a little higher. All right, there's Ryan Nugent Hopkins talking about being denied by Mike Smith in the third period, and he made great saves, Rob. I mean, a lot of times there's a great save, but you say, well, the shooter didn't quite get it up or shot it back into the goalie's body. Wasn't the case there. McDavid tried to go five-hole. The Strom chance in the second period, I mean, Strom got that up high to try to get it under the bar, and Smith flicked his arm up and, and got it out. He was just completely locked in tonight. Well, it was funny. I think it was Jim Matheson that asked about the fact that he's unorthodox, and he is because when Cam Talbot plays great, he does not look like he's using any effort out there. He's always in the right position. He's always bringing in the rebounds to his body. Uh, there's no excess energy used. 
But tonight, Mike Smith was all over the place, and you and I commented earlier, I think he looks like a road hockey goalie, the way he plays. He's old school, and he was diving all over the place and making great save one side, sliding across to the other. Uh, yeah, the, the, the play that McDavid came cut in, tried going five-hole, I mean... 99 times out of 100, that's going in for Connor McDavid with the speed he has, pulling a goalie, especially a big goalie like Mike Smith, pulling the legs open and putting it right where he wanted to. Uh, Mike Smith was dialed in. Uh, the Calgary Flames, in a playoff push and struggling on home ice, needed a goaltender to step up and win a hockey game for him tonight. And and he did. They're, they're two stars. Johnny Goudreau scores the goal. Mike Smith has a shutout. That's the reason tonight that the Calgary Flames get two points. All right, 780-496-0063. We'll bring Logan onto the show. Hello, Logan. Hey, hey, Reid. Hello. Um, the Oilers played really hard tonight. McDavid was flying again. The game was getting physical. I don't seem like Blue Cheech was getting into it. I like Lucci's, but he wasn't very physical for bringing only one team leader in hit. Do you have a comment on that, Reid? Well, we're going to get more into that after the 10 o'clock news because I know there's a lot of people on Twitter I'm seeing questioning Lucic being on the ice at the end of the game. He's obviously had a, he's had a bad season. There's no other way to put it, and he continues to struggle. He does, and uh, I mean, the Oilers are not deep. So there's not a lot of options. I think that, they're, again, they're still trying to get Milan Lucic going. At the end of the game, you don't want him touching the puck until he's in front of the net, and you want his big body in there creating havoc. Uh, unfortunately, he got caught with the puck on the boards uh, and got pinched off and took some precious seconds off, and then he was the guy taking the slap shot from the blue end. He has a heavy shot. It didn't get through. Uh, he he well, probably wasn't the problem. No, no. And he, shot. And, and, it was earlier in the shift. Yes, it was earlier. But, I mean, he, I probably have him out there to stand in front of the net. I, I and They had the right guys, and... They had their opportunities, and Mike Smith just tonight was a little bit better. The Flames win at one nothing. First win over the Oilers in eight tries. More time for your calls, 780-496-0063. You'll hear from head coach Todd McClellan, also from Ethan Bear. We'll discuss his game as we roll along as well. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. Live from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio, 630 Chat. Hey, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. It's 10.04 along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. The Oilers' seven-game winning streak in the Battle of Alberta is over. Their three-game winning streak that they had going into this game also over. Calgary beating Edmonton for the first time since April 2nd, 2016. That was also a shutout. Calgary won 5-0 in their last ever visit to Rexall Place. Mike Smith, great goaltending tonight. He made 28 saves. Cam Talbot, also a great game. He made 31 stops. Johnny Goudreau able to beat him early into the second period. Oilers 0-3 on the power play. Flames 0-2. Edmonton had a power play for the last minute 53. Dougie Hamilton called for holding Connor McDavid. Oilers pulled Talbot Talbot with about 90 seconds left, so they had a six-on-four skater advantage and couldn't find the tying goal. And, okay, so let's... So Lucic is out there. Mm-hmm. As he's been on the power play most of the season. Yep. One, of the, one of the first two units. Mm-hmm. And, and we'll hear from McClellan in a couple of minutes here, but is it... 
What are you? And I mean, Clellan has often said he doesn't want to give players responsibility before they're ready. Mm-hmm. But you know, Jujar Kerr is on one of the power yep. play units. He's shown he's he's playing well. Um, you if know, it, Camilleri's a veteran guy, though. I guess maybe he wouldn't be the net. He wouldn't. Guy. So if you're going net front, it's either Kara or it's Lucic. Those are your two options. Uh, if you go by who's played better over the last few months, it, it, it's simple. Jujar would be the guy that you have out there. The also being put into this is the fact that Milan Lucic is here for the next five years at $6 million a year. He, he can't move. He's got a no-movement no clause, so he is here. He has had an absolutely horrible season by his standards. They need him to have something positive to happen to him going down the stretch because they need him to be a, an effective player next year because they have no choice. They're, he's, he's making $6 million for five more years. So that also plays in the fact that how many chances he gets, uh, how he gets to the, the ice time he gets, because uh, you can't bury that. And they need him to be out there at the end of a game and tip a puck in. They need him to be out there at the end of the game and make a play. If this was a playoff race, if the Oilers were in the playoff race, then yes, I would have done it differently. And I probably would have had Jujar Kara out on the ice at the end of the game. But since, since the Oilers are not in a playoff race, they're hoping something positive can happen to Milan Lucic. So he goes into the summer feeling good about himself and comes back and becomes more of the player that he was last year. I don't know if that's possible or not. That's on Milan and what, how he trains in the summer. And I guess it, if, if he can get faster. But that is, to me, a big reason why Milan Lucic is getting the opportunities, and he's getting a ton. He's either playing with Leon or Connor, and it, it's not going for him. But they need him to become a player again because they got too much invested in him for him not to. Oilers shut out tonight for the eighth time this season. That means no donation to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation from Booster Juice, an oasis of freshness in a fast-paced world. But they do give $25 every time the Oilers score. Pretty nice total so far this season, $4,775. All right, more of your phone calls in a minute here to 780-496-0063. But right now, here's head coach Todd McClellan. Guys, hot. What do you need to see more of your team to generate some goals there? Because some of the guys are light. Uh, some of the chances they just want to play. Oh, you know, I'll kind of go all over the map here. That was a long question. I'll... Uh, the game itself was a very evenly played game. I thought it was a good game. Both teams checked and and defended well. There wasn't much that was given up. Uh, both ends, both goaltenders made some tremendous saves. We had some real good looks, and Smith made some saves, but so did they early in the game. And on their power play, and Cam made saves. So, uh, you know, it's unfortunate we're on the short end of the stick. Uh, I thought we made one mistake in, in a face-off coverage and cheated a little in D-zone. It was in our net. Uh, but other than that, the effort on the road was pretty good. You'd like to score some goals, but we created chances. And um, even at the end with uh, the goaltender pulled, we had some good looks at the net. So um, not overly disappointed uh, in the effort, um, disappointed in the outcome. They played as hard as they can, and you guys did too, but they needed, they needed to play win the game. Well, so did we. Um, you know, What's interesting is the will and the drive uh, to win games right now shouldn't diminish because we're out, and it didn't tonight. We uh, we came in and we battled our asses off, and uh, uh, you know there's no denying it. But we were on the short end of the stick, and we expected them to play their hearts out. Um, you know they're on their you know the lifeline too, and 
Uh, I thought it was a tremendous game. I really did. I thought it was uh, well played by by their checkers, by their offensive guys, and the same thing by ours. I thought both goaltenders again played uh, played good. It wasn't one of those nights where you left the rink seeing um, you know a seven six game, but you saw tremendous goaltending. You saw good penalty killing. Uh, it was entertaining, um, even though there was a lack of scoring. Obviously, you, you, you expect that push down a goal in the third period. But what did you like? Is what your team did kind of as this game went along? Well, we stuck with it. We didn't. Uh, we got caught cheating once, as I said, and, and they scored. And we didn't get away from what we wanted to do. Um, there's a few things we needed to polish up. I thought Mike Smith became one of their better D-men late in the game with his uh, ability to break the puck out. And that uh, became a little bit frustrating, and we wasted energy uh, uh, chasing it. Uh, but for the most part, we, we rolled guys out. I thought, you know, of the 20 guys we dressed, we had pretty good nights from 17, 18 of them. So we'll, uh, we'll get some rest, and we're going to have to play a, a tough team tomorrow. Well, first of all, it wasn't reviewable because the whistle was deemed to have gone before it even crossed the line. So that was it. All right, that's head coach Todd McClellan. Yeah, Zach Cassian put the puck into the Calgary net with 5.55 left in the first. The official said the whistle had gone. I don't think that should have counted anyway because that was one of those pushing the pad along with the puck. I mean, it was it was similar to the Dustin Brown goal, except mm-hmm. I think even more blatant because the puck was partially visible but also partially under the pad. So there's no way you were getting it in without no. moving the pad. It, so that's it, to me that's a no-brainer call. It's a right call and and the Oilers weren't upset with the fact that that was the call that was made and if it was going the other way we would expect the same thing. So it's unfortunate that in a game that's one nothing that that was your uh, an opportunity that was wasted. Uh, what you forget on that one was the great save Smith made. Because Cassian got good wood on it. It was a one-timer right out in front. He made the save. That's when Cassian tried pushing him in afterwards. Uh, But again, uh, the Oilers on the back of Connor McDavid or or Leon Dreisaitl, they just needed more. And they didn't get it tonight. But then again, the Calgary Flames, they didn't. The Oilers were the better team in this game. Mike, Mike Smith was the best player in this game. 780-496-0063. We have Darren on the line. Darren, go ahead. Darren, do we have you? Going three times here, Darren. Okay. I guess we don't have Darren after all. All right, 780-496-0063. We are looking for somebody to finish the play, by the way, if you like winning stuff. And who doesn't? And who doesn't. Uh, Quick look here at the Advantage Trailer Rentals out-of-town scoreboard. Coyotes leading the Kings 3-1 with 10.5 minutes left. That's good for Calgary. Bruins beat the Hurricanes 6-4. David Pasternak... Hat trick. What did Boston get? Five in the third? Five in the five third. In the five third straight in the third, yep. Canadians knock off the Stars 4-2. Another uh, good one for the Flames and a couple teams teetering on the playoff brink lose big games today. Senators upend the Lightning 7-4. There's a bit of a surprise. Mike Hoffman, couple of goals. Now, the bad thing for Oilers fans is Kucherov with three points tonight in the scoring race. And J.T. Miller got a hat trick in a losing cause. He's played well since he went to Tampa. Predators knock off the Jets 3-1. Are they going to play in the playoffs? Could happen. <laughs> the Predators? Oh, and I thought you meant, are they making the playoffs? Well, yeah, they're pretty no, good, the Reed. Predators yeah. and Jets going to play each other in the playoffs. That's uh, what I meant. I, I think, yeah, I think the Winnipeg Jets have a very good team. They, tonight, they were missing uh, a few players. They had Stasny was out of the lineup. I'm not sure if, if Shifley played as well, so that's a big loss for, for Winnipeg going against a team like Nashville. And another rough night for the Minnesota Wild. After losing 5-1 in Edmonton, they lose 5-1 at home to the Colorado Avalanche. Western Hockey League tonight at Rogers Place. The Edmonton Oil Kings... 
Five goals in the second period to beat Lethbridge 5-1. Two games left in the season for the Oil Kings. Yeah, it, it has not been the season that the Oil Kings wanted as well. one nothing. Calgary edging Edmonton. We're going to try Darren again. Darren, do we have you this time? Darren, do we have you? All right, I guess we don't have him. Well, we'll bring Vicky in. Hi, Vicky. how are you? Not too bad, and you? I'm doing well. What do you think of the game? Well, I was kind of disappointed, but I guess they played the best they could. Had chances, couldn't finish tonight. Smith was great. Do you want to finish the play? Okay. We want to give you an eight-day parking pass to Jet Set Parking. Park cheap and easy. Visit JetSetParking.com. Here we go. Up the left-hand side, it's Nugent Hopkins. Up to McDavid. Stutter step on Brody. Backhander. Save made by Smith. Rebound, and he covered just in time. All right, Vicky, we're going to have some fun here on Finish the Play, and you can use Rob as a helper if you want, okay? Yes. Did Mike Smith make 28 saves tonight or 58? I think 28. Absolutely, Vicky. Good stuff. Hang on the line, okay? Thank you. I had to look at the game sheet. I'm like, she asked me. I better know this one. All right. Well, I tried to. I didn't think it was 58, but I thought it was more than. Seemed more than 28, though. Well, I think uh, Talbot made more saves. Smith made more Grade A saves. Yeah. Talbot made some good ones. He did, but I thought in the third period, I thought the Oilers had the play the entire time. I was shocked. Ten eight. Well, Calgary did okay first half of the third. But then once they, I think, kind of last 11, 12 minutes, Calgary settled into protection mode. And the one thing the Calgary Flames did do good in the, in the third period, it was block shots as they, they just put their body on the line in front. Although block shots were fairly close to 16-15. Seemed like all of them in the third period, both for, for the Calgary Flames, is they, they, it was a prevent defense, prevent us from losing another hockey game on home ice. But uh, they had Mike Smith backing them up, and they got the, uh, a very much-needed two points in the playoff race. one nothing. Calgary taking it. We have Al on line four. Hey, Al. Hey, how are you tonight? Pretty good. Good, good. I was just wondering, late in the third period there when we had that power play, uh, we were six on four, we had Lucic out there. I figure Lucic is about the same caliber about Kevin Lowe or a pylon. They're way overpaid and they don't do much out there, but yet we keep putting them out there. All right. Well, we discussed that a little bit, and, you know, Rob kind of broke down the options. I'm not sure where the Kevin Lowe comparison comes no, in. He was I mean, defenseman. again, I'll, I'll say it again. It, it's If you're going based on play, uh, Juju Kara, Jujar Kara probably is the guy that you want on the ice there. I mean, there's not a lot of options for guys in front of the net. But I, I believe part of it is, too, is is they got to get Milan Lucic going. And it's not just on winning this hockey game. At, at five more years, at $6 million, and he's not going anywhere, you've got to get him confident. And one goal in 35 or 36 games or whatever he's at right now is not a way you want him going into the summer. You gotta have, he's got to have belief in himself. So that's why one of the reasons he's on the ice. Oilers lose one nothing to the Flames. You can get us at 780-496-0063. You'll also hear from Ethan Bear, Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chat. Rob Brown is here as well. The Oilers can't solve Mike Smith. Johnny Goudreau gets the only goal of the game early in the second period. And the final Flames won. Oilers, nothing. That's it. Just the one goal tonight. All right, Darren on the open line. Darren, go ahead. Hey, how are you doing, guys? Good. 
Yeah, we still got the best player on the planet anyway. We got McDavid, right? He had a good game, yep. Yeah, good game. He's pretty good. Anyway, I was just going to ask Brown, uh, why did they get Lucic? Why, in this question, like... Why did they get not, him? Yeah, why did we get him? Uh, the When Peter Shirelli came here, he, he said that he wanted to get bigger, stronger, tougher, meaner. He wanted to play in the Western Conference. If you wanted to get out of here, you had to be a bigger, tougher hockey club. The Oilers were pushed around a lot. They were a skilled team that he didn't think could compete in the Western Conference against the L.A.s, the Anaheims, the San Jose's because they got pushed around a lot. Uh, Milan Lucic was a sought-after free agent. He visited a lot of different teams. There was a lot of different offers for him. And at that point, the it looked as if he would be a big help for the Edmonton Oilers. And in the first season, he, he brought exactly what he was expected to bring. Uh, he was uh, a, a, a physical force. He kept the, the points and goals about the same as what he had gotten his whole career. Uh, the problem for Milan now is this league, though, over the last couple of years, and especially this year, has become much faster. And Milan Lucic is not fleet of foot. He is an old-style type of hockey player. And sometime this summer, or throughout the entire summer, he's going to have to find a way to, and he's talked about it, change the composition of his body, become leaner, become faster, to be able to play in the National Hockey League and be uh, more assertive, be more competitive, be more of a, a production on the ice instead of a liability, more of an asset. And he knows that. So when they sign him, uh, we talked about the fact that the term was probably going to, uh, be too long, but I don't think anyone expected the too long to come in year three or year two. Year two. Year two. It was more people thought maybe year six or seven, but uh, the league has moved a lot quicker the opposite direction than than Peter Shirelli and a lot of people thought. Well, yeah, I, suck, Mom. I guess so, but I mean, balls on you if you have to uh, sit straight up with Milan Lucic right in your face and tell him that. Tell him what? Right? Tell him exactly what you told me. Well, I, Milan Lucci just come out and said it. He says he has to get faster. He talked oh, about I it. He mean, says he's got I mean, to lose weight. He's got yeah, to get look, smaller. Look, yeah, but look at the game. Look at the game. The last 20 games. Mm-hmm. Evans is, they're done. They've been done. Well, they, yep, for yeah. sure. Okay, so let's. I'm going to go back to, you know, and I'm not going to, you're right, to a point, but Milan Lucic was brought here for one reason. Gretzky's in the in, in part of that, and, and it's just to be, you know, their tough guy, he doesn't need to score. He beat no, that no, you're wrong there. At six million dollars a year, he has to score. He's not. Okay, he well, wasn't brought here to fight. You could find a fighter in the minors and pay him five hundred thousand dollars to do that. Wow, wow, that's that's pretty okay. That's okay. He wasn't brought here to what? solely fight. That's he was what brought Mark here Rob to be <laughs> leadership, to be physical, occasionally but he, sure. But he was right. brought here to be a twenty-five goal scorer. It brings leadership both on and off the ice. Be a physical force. But he wasn't brought here just to be to, to fight. I mean, okay. Well, wh- wh- why was uh, Drysdale paid eight point five million because, last year? And because right, he's a, really because he was one of the top ten players in the National Hockey League last well, year in the eyes I mean, of the Oilers. Because he played with McDavid. No, I Connor Mc, or, uh, Leon Drysdale on his own in the playoffs was outstanding. In the playoffs, I love it for sure. Yeah. I'm talking about just talking about how he got paid from the. From the regular season to the playoffs, he got eight point five mil. No, his contract went up because of the way he played in the playoffs. Ah, well, that's that's ridiculous. No, no that's because he got. I think he got Orkoff, paid because of his Orkoff, regular season. His regular season, and but when he what he did in the playoffs, that I I guarantee you that his contract went up. I don't know what it was. What it about went up. Horkoff? We're we're talking the old. Okay, old. how are we talking about Horkoff right okay. now? When we're talking about Milan okay, Lucic. Well, so anyway, remember I I talked to you earlier, probably about 
three months ago, I said McClellan was a weak coach. He's very weak, and the players aren't buying into it. And I know, Brown, you disagree to me. I disagree with you today, too. And I'll tell you right now, I'm going to tell you right now, Brown. Okay. Okay, he's done. And it's going to be someone like a Quinville. You're going to get a Sutter. You're going to get someone in here at Edmonton that's going to be changing that coach next year. You just watch and see. Yeah, well, there could be a coaching change. And Darren Todd McClellan will be employed within a, a week of leaving the Oilers. Listen, 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 listen. We're not arguing about whether the, I like Todd McClellan. He's a nice guy. He just said he's a bad I'd love coach. I'd go for supper with him and have a talk with him. But he, when you're playing on the ice and you've got to coach the players, it's a different – we're talking apples and oranges. I want to have a coach that's going to do it. All I'm saying is I'm not going to argue with you guys anymore. I'm just saying – We're not arguing. What are well, we arguing What are we about, arguing about? I'm just saying that he's, go, he's, he's done. Hey, well, there's a, there's a chance he's the gone. Chance there's a chance happens, Peter sure. Shirelli's gone. Absolutely. There's both of well, them. Well, Peter Shirelli, too. You think Gretz is going to run the show? No. 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 Who who do you think is? Well, I think Peter Shirelli will be here Wayne next or, year. Wayne or Keith? Wayne or Keith? What? Well, who, which Gretzky well, are you Keith talking Gretzky's about? Keith Gretzky's the assistant oh, general manager on. of the team. He Keith can get promoted. Is, Keith is scouting. No, he's the assistant oh, general manager. Keith Gretzky's the assistant general manager. He's the guy right below Peter Shirelli. I don't even know that much. I'll tell you right now. Well, right now. you've made that clear, Darren. <laughs> Thanks a lot for calling. 780-496-0063. We have Randy on the line. Hey, Randy. Hey, how are you doing today? Good. Good, yeah. Uh, just a couple comments here. Uh... I was pretty impressed with both teams tonight. They played quite well. Uh, but I was a little disappointed in, uh, on the McDavid hit and the Ryan Nugent-Hopkins uh, uh, hit. Um, where was Cassian? I, I, re- I was really surprised that he didn't do anything. Um, and, well, I don't, uh, think, like, I don't think he was specifically on the ice for either, either one. Cassian? Yes, he was. Well, was he on for one of them? When when he got uh, when McDavid got hit there, he was a no show. Which which uh, hit are you talking about? Because there was one he got. He went well, for a rebound when he got the stick in the mouth. Oh, when he got the stick in the mouth. Well, that That's was a, an, that was an unintentional high stick by Lazar. But I think he's talking more about the hit afterwards. Someone yeah, knocked. Exactly. Yeah, oh, okay. But uh, it was funny because they didn't show they didn't show the the camera angle good enough to start with. But it looked like R and H actually dropped his gloves with somebody because the, the, yeah, when they yeah, eventually he went sh- down pretty quick. But yeah, but R and H went out. I mean, there was a response. I, I mean, obviously you'd love a little more response at times. Uh, I, there was. I mean, was Milan in there quick enough on the one in the opposite end when yeah. Connor McDavid got gang tackled? Although Connor created that chance or created that because he came up stick up high on Hamannuk in front of that and they took exception yeah. to that um, there's certain players that have certain roles on this team and they sometimes aren't noticed as well as they should be at certain times and I agree with you Cassian hasn't had a the thing with Cassian Randy is for me we can talk about response I prefer to talk about initiation. And when Zach Cassian was at his best last year, he dictated it to the other team. You know, those couple games against San Jose in the playoffs, more often in the regular season, where he he went out there and said, I'm not going to wait for somebody else to do something to be aggressive. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to be the first body checker. I'm going to be the the irritant. And he hasn't done that enough this year. Well, question, is he still injured? Is he 100%? I think he's 100%. But, I mean, I, I actually, I have no reason to think he's not. Right. Yeah, he did. He only missed. He only. He's only missed four games this season. So oh, okay. that was that was more recently. He was hurt. So that doesn't explain the first fifty games or so. Yeah. yeah. And the, the last thing I wanted to point out was uh, when Lucci's was on the ice there at the end of the game. Why was he not parked in front of the net? Well, he was there on the first 
thrust because he did have a shot or one that he almost yeah. missed. And then at the end of the game, I'm not I'm not sure what happened. I, I think I th- they were just chasing the puck. Yeah, I think he just got pushed out because he was the one that McDavid gave the puck to, and I, I wanted Lucic to give it back to Connor because Connor was flying, and Lucic got pinned off against the boards. I'm guessing someone had pinched in at that point, and Milan had just backed up and taken his spot. So I, I it wasn't it was not a set play for Milan Lucic to be at the blue line uh, with 10, 15 well, it seconds was ago. A quick game. Yeah. Yep. Thanks, Randy. Appreciate that, guys. Have a good. All right, 10:30 news coming up. Ethan Bear coming up. Oilers lose one nothing. Canadian Brewhouse overtime open line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center. Live from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center. This is the Canadian Brewhouse overtime open line on Oilers Radio. 6.30 chair. Calgary 1, Edmonton nothing is your final tonight. Flames end a seven-game losing streak in the Battle of Alberta. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, it's 10.32. Thanks so much for tuning in tonight. 780-496-0063. Lucic, to me, is a very interesting player to discuss because and we uh, I've described him as a loud player, Rob. When he has a good game, you notice. Yes. And he did have a lot of good games last year. Yep, he did. Uh, where he would hit, he would fight, and or he would score. Mm-hmm. He changed. Um, he changed games. Yep. Not only and, and through he offense. He did it all the time, and yep. he had tough nights yep. last year. And, and sometimes people were frustrated, but then you know a week later he'd uh, go out and hit somebody. Or sometimes he even I remember that Nashville game. Yeah. He got oh, yeah. a guy mad at him and and drew a penalty. So that was another way to impact the game. Though, as much as I know, there's a lot of discussion about his speed, Rob. And I, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you this. What does his struggles with puck handling have to do with his speed? Because I, I don't think the two are related, but maybe I'm missing something. Um, one, well, one of the ways they are related is is this not his uh, foot speed, but the speed of the game. And the game is faster now. And you used to have more time to make plays and make decisions. And nowadays you don't. And he is a... Well, let's take, for example, in his own zone, when the puck comes to him on the boards... He doesn't, his feet aren't moving. When he gets the puck on his stick, he is always standing still. So now all of a sudden, anyone coming at him is coming at him faster because he's not making, putting any distance between them. So now his decision making has to be very fast. Uh, most players are not as good under pressure making plays. I mean, there's a select few like a dry settler, McDavid, it doesn't matter, but most players aren't. And he's under pressure quicker. I. Uh, I, I think a lot of because he knows that he doesn't have as much time, he makes blind plays. And you'll see a lot of the plays where he's throwing it without looking at where it's going, behind the back passes, normally on his backhand. And play, And the thing is nowadays with video, everybody knows these. Everyone knows everyone's tendencies. Right. So if I'm out against Milan Lucic and I see, okay, he's on the boards, his back's facing me, I'm going to this spot because 90% of the time in the videos we've watched, here's where he's thrown it, and that's what we've seen a lot of the time. Whereas Milan can actually take that extra second because he's big and strong. So if he takes it, he can absorb a hit and make a play. And the problem for what what Milan's doing, and it's something that Todd McClellan talks about, sometimes you got to punt. And Milan doesn't like to punt. Milan doesn't want to just throw it off the glass and out, and you know what, we'll live to fight another day. He wants to make a play. And every once in a while that'll work, but there's a lot that don't, and when they don't, it's the risk-reward. The risk is you give the puck away in your own zone. Uh, he, he's not... And last year we talked a lot when Maroon was here, and Bob asked me who should play with Connor McDavid, and I said Maroon. And he's like, well, why is that? Maroon has better hands than Milan Lucic. 
He just he's a better passer. He's a better playmaker. Uh, and and that when you're playing with Connor McDavid, you've got to be able to make plays. You can't have the play end on your stick, and that's happened too much this year with Milan Lucic. Milan Lucic's career shooting percentage is 13.9. This year he's at 7.7. He's only had one other year. Well, his, we won't count his rookie year, even though he played a full season because rookie years are, are different. He's only had one other season uh, below 12.5. That was in 12-13, the lockout-shortened year. He shot 8.9%. He came back at 15.7% last year. So I, I find that interesting, too. His shooting percentage for him is... Uh, at a career low. So w- when somebody has high shooting percentages, and I know it, I had a high shooting percentage, you've got to score your goals around the net. Mm-hmm. You don't score high shooting percentages do not come from more than 10 to 15 feet out from the net because th- then the goalies are making saves. So that means Milan is not around the net as much and not finishing when he's around the net as well. Or he's, hit th- he's missed three open nets, yeah, uh, yeah, I can remember. Yeah, exactly, like wide open nets. And that's from struggling early to losing confidence and getting frustrated. The one thing that you see with certain players is, is frustration takes over their game. And Milan is a very emotional hockey player. And you can tell, you could walk into an arena midway through the second period and watch Milan in a shift, and you can tell what kind of game he's having simply by his body language because he is so hard-on-his-sleeve type of player. And that's hard playing in the National Hockey League because when frustration starts taking over your game, guys can see it, and guys will take advantage of it. Lucic, our adjustment of the game for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. The final, Calgary 1, Edmonton nothing. Really good goaltending from both Smith and Talbot. If you miss this one, Smith especially, 16 and a half minutes left in the game. Absolutely robbed Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Uh, took one away from Ryan Strom on a power play with about four minutes left in the second period. Talbot made a couple of nice saves in the third to keep the Oilers within a goal. Edmonton got a late power play, pulled Talbot, could not tie it up. So Calgary gets back in the win column in the Battle of Alberta. Whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game, we'll turn on the Japanese Village goal light on the Oilers page on 630ched.com. Then you can print up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese Village. They have three locations in Edmonton, downtown, south side, and north side. All right. This young man has now played six National Hockey League games. So far, so good. Let's hear from Oilers defenseman Ethan Bear. Thing maybe you guys could have done a little bit differently to generate some more. Honestly, I thought we created a good solid amount of chances. He made some good saves, and like you're right, you know, tip your hat sometimes. And you know, obviously, we we want to capitalize on a couple chances, but um, that's just hockey. Sometimes that's the way it goes, and you know, it's a tough break. And so, good thing is we got another game tomorrow, and you know, hopefully, get it ended on a good note. Your first battle of Alberta, first taste, got chippy out there. What did you think? I thought it was good. You know, the intensity was high, and you know, that's what makes it exciting. Um, um, you know, there wasn't. I wasn't sure how chippy it was. Um, you know, like everyone was battling, everyone's going toe to toe. So, um, you know, that's you know, when it's intense like that, it makes it fun. You know, it just gets your nerves up there, and you know, you just want to play harder. So, it was a good experience, and you know, it's uh, now you know why you know everyone wants to win now. You're now being a staple of the power play. What more do you need to see from it? Because it, it had a couple chances tonight to get you in that game, and it just didn't uh, didn't break through. I don't know. Uh, you know, I thought I thought we were moving around good. Um, you know, we we like I said, we got our chances, and we just didn't capitalize. And that's you know that's crucial, and that's uh, you know that's what decides the games at the end of the day. So um, you know, we're everyone's obviously a little disappointed, but you know, that's the way it is sometimes. All right, that's Ethan Bear. 
Rob, back. I mean, Clef Bomb's expected to return tomorrow. Does Bear stay in? Uh, well, yeah. And, and all you have to do is look at the the line score of this game. He played 22 minutes. Only Chris Russell on the back end played more than him. He played more than Larson, and deservedly so. He he makes plays. He gets pucks on net. He's got an offensive. Uh, ability to him, he, he can he can see the right play and he makes it. He's not afraid to shoot the puck. He's got a heavy shot. Uh, defensively, he's fine. Uh, you know, a lot of times when a, a guy comes from from junior or from the minors with an offensive pedigree, especially as a defenseman, there's going to be a deficiency defensively. Uh, a lot, especially a lot of high end junior offensive defensemen because they never had to play a whole lot in their own zone. And sometimes you you cheat a bit to to get the offensive numbers, but he he's looked good. He looked solid. Um, it was I, I kind of joked with you, but it looked like a playoff atmosphere in that game tonight, and he didn't shrink away from it. So yeah, I, I'd keep him in the lineup. I, I I think he's deserved another game, and in uh, the way that Todd McClellan's using him, he feels that he deserves another game because he's given him the ice time. L.A. and Arizona now in overtime, tied 3-3 as we check the advantage. Trailer Rentals, out-of-town scoreboard. Kings pulling even with two goals in the last eight minutes in the third. Bruins beat the Hurricanes 6-4. Montreal over Dallas 4-2. Senators knock off the Lightning 7-4. Nashville wins 3-1 over the Jets. Avalanche take down the Wild 5-1. Western Hockey League, Edmonton Oil Kings 5 Lethbridge Hurricanes, one is your final. Five goals in the second period for the Oil Kings. They go three for four on the power play. They are reviewing a goal right now in overtime between well, LA and Arizona. Definitely went in. It went in, but it, I don't know. It, I think the I think the King player went through the goaltender. And that's what, there. And that's what they're checking right now. Well, so. and the net came off too. I wonder if they're checking if the puck was in before the net came off. I think it's goalie interference. I just saw it quickly. Huge point needed by the LA Kings right now. Is, is another team scrambling for, for points here. And two teams, I mean, Edmonton, Arizona, near the bottom of the standings. Uh, these are games you must win if you're fighting for a playoff spot, if you're LA or Calgary. All right, we'll let you know the call on that play when we get back. Oilers lose one nothing to the Flames. Canadian Brewhouse overtime open line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. This is the Canadian Brewhouse overtime open line. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chan. The Oilers don't win tonight, a 1-0 loss to the Calgary Flames. Mike Smith, an outstanding game in the Calgary net. Johnny Goudreau, the only goal. David is a winner, though. 630 Chad listener gets a $50 gift card to Bubbles, brought to you by Armor Insurance. Protect your car, home, and business with Armor at armorinsurance.ca. He knew face-off trivia, Aaron Johnson. Was the guy traded to Calgary oh. for St- or to Edmonton from Calgary for Steve Stales back on March third, twenty ten? I heard you, you ask that question. I did. I got it wrong. I was going to go with Laddie Schmid, but he was Laddie Schmid was part of the Brassois well, trade that the I one. believe also involved Roman Horak. Oh yeah, you're right. It was. And was it Mark Olivier Waugh, the goalie that the Oilers traded to Calgary? I think that's what think it was. Right, yeah, off the top of my head. Yeah, it, uh, not, I don't know if any of those players are even playing. Well, Brassois. Oh, so yeah, excuse me. Yeah. I think wasn't Horak in the Olympics? Was he? He might have been. For what <laughs> he team? Might, he might have I don't been even know what, what country was he? He might have, I think he's Czech, isn't he? I'm not sure. I think he might have been in the Olympics. I didn't step and watch a lot of those games. Schmid's obviously not playing, and I have Mark no. Olivier Wide. I don't know. Beer league somewhere? Possibly. Yeah. Possibly. All right, so a one nothing loss, uh, another tough one for the Oilers. Unable to break through. McDavid chances. Nugent Hopkins some chances. Strom had a good chance. Uh, probably not enough for some other areas of the lineup. Right back at it against San Jose tomorrow. Do you put Montoya in? I do. 
I do. I know that the one that Bob alluded to it too is that it changes the draft pick once he gets a certain amount of ice time, goes from a fifth to a fourth. But yeah, I, I also agree with what Bob and Jack talked about is you got to see is Montoya the guy that you want as your backup next year? Do you need to look elsewhere to give Cam Talbot a break? And the Oilers have some back-to-back games. That's when Montoya's got to, to play. He's he's shown some good in his games. Uh, but you want to see if he can do it on a consistent level. Can Do you have faith in him? Because as we've seen in, in, in the, the National Hockey League playoff races, when your backup goaltender plays, he's got to give you a chance to win. So I, I, I would play him and, and see what he's got. The L.A. goal didn't count. They're now on a power play, three and a half minutes left in overtime. Kellen Kennedy on the other side of the window doing some quick fact-checking. Horak did indeed play on the Czech Olympic team oh. this year. There oh, there you go. See, we you enlightened a bunch of fans who are wondering about that team. Really did. Really did. Well, that was the priority tonight, I'm sure, for people. Okay, so we're right back at it tomorrow. 6 o'clock face-off show, 7.30 game. Oilers hosting the San Jose Sharks. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer. You can get more on 630Ched.com. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. This has been Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. From the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center, Flames beat the Oilers one zip. Have a great night. 